Hello and welcome to the show. If you're enjoying it and want an ad-free experience, consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash the 101 podcast. Get early access and exclusive content on there as well for less than the cost of a cup of coffee. Links to ways of supporting the show are in the description. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris. Don't forget, you can go stop by killthemockingbirds.com. No merch up back yet, working on the new vendor that we're getting, but go check out that disinformation section so you can have good arguments around the Christmas tree today. You know, this is a very special Christmas episode. You know, we got a guy that can do podcasts, he can do little books, he can do papers, thesis, comics, podcasts. Cast anything that you want, but he's also mainly known for the monkologist himself. One Ayala, what's up, man? What's up, bro? Thank you for having me, man. It's good to to be back. And I got your name right. Yeah, Areolas. I like Areolas, oh, though. It's good. <laughs> you like that? If you don't know who Juan is, then I don't know what rock you've been under, but can you let everybody know like where they can find you and where they can follow you and get it? all your uh merch and your comic book and don't forget of course the podcast yeah you can find me anywhere you can find podcast at at the one-on-one podcast on pretty much any social media platform i'm on youtube rockfin twitter all that good stuff and my website is tjojp.com i got a patreon for those that want more patreon.com slash the one-on-one podcast and that's pretty much it well, then I guess we should just get into it. Yeah, bro. You're looking a little fuzzy. Looking a little fuzzy on my end, bro, but I can still hear you good. Yeah, it's that uh, good old internet that I got to upgrade. You know, the internet be. I got to get that Joe Rogan internet where you could uh, have a guy in Russia and he could Skype and it's perfectly clear. <laughs> Dude, that's how, man, who knows if they, they probably had him in the back room or something. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Who knows how that did they do that live? Was yeah, that live? He could be in the back room. Um, I can't remember. I didn't watch it live, so I don't know. I oh. watched it much later, so Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that. We'll just say it wasn't. I, I would I would hard to believe. But what's up with you, man? I mean, I came to because come on, man. If we're gonna talk a cult, if we're gonna talk a cult in Christmas, who else to bring on, man? And we're talking about elves, man. What else is an elf than a homunculus? <laughs> Bro, that you know what I was thinking today before we jumped on? Like, today during the day, I was like, yo, where'd the Grinch come from? So an elf. Let's check to see if an elf, the elf creature. I think I've already looked this up. So creature, let's look this up to see where they come from. It's a supernatural being, and they come from, let's see here. So let's see what craftsmanship. I think they're more elementals, so... Not really. They technically they're not considered homunculus if they're elemental. That's a whole different aspect, right? So yeah, usually invisible, invisibly living alongside everyday human communities. So yeah, they're more of like the elemental dwarf type of thing. But hey, I mean anything is possible. And I was thinking today is the Grinch a homunculus? So Grinch origin. Let's see what what the Grinch is. Doctor Seuss. 
Let's see here. He's definitely a homunculus of Dr. Seuss. And Dr. Seuss is a weird guy because he had, if you look at all his art, dude, like I, you know, as a kid, we grew up with this sort of stuff and we never paid attention to it. And it seems like very psychedelic, very trippy. And after he died, he had like this night series that came out that's super dark. So the Grinch, let's see here, where he come from? How the Grinch stole Christmas. Let's see, the Grinch. Huh. History. So about Peter T, a boy who collects eggs from a number of exotic birds to make scrambled eggs. One of these exotic birds is the beagle-beaked, bald-headed Grinch who shares the later Grinch's cantankerous attitude. So the first use of the word Grinch was in 1953 in a book called Scrambled Egg Super. And it was actually withdrawn from circulation by the, the Seuss estate in 2021. Hmm. And then later on in 1955... They used the name Grinch again, et cetera, et cetera. The Grinch is best known incarnation made a, a debut in 1957. How the Grinch stole Christmas. Still not seen the origins, bro. Of what the heck this thing is. Cause he's kind of, he's kind of, it's kind of a cultic, right? There's like this entity living in the mountains, really angry at everybody for having this spirit of Christmas. You know what I mean? Oh, man, look at this right away. I just put in Origins of the Grinch. It says, The Grinch first appeared in a 33-line illustrated <laughs> poem by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> of, cor of course it would be 33 lines. But, yeah, I'm not seeing where the where he came, like how he was birthed. So it says the book. He was, you know, and, and, and if you really think about it, bro, any – entity that is birthed from the imagination of man is essentially a, so, a sort of homunculus like for example mickey mouse is walt disney's homunculus and then these things they become collective egregores and they start to sort of exist plus you have the whole larping aspect of it the whole magical aspect where people dress up as this entity and they act out a whole thing they're making movies they're making videos are making all this stuff that's all sigils you know the, and the, and this is what's important about all these sort of things that we grew up with and and it plays into the whole christmas thing because a lot of these a lot of these holidays or really anything has what maybe perhaps the the what we're never going to find out is what the original intention was of the people who created it and the issue with that is that there's something called the culted scaffolding which is essentially the occulted structure behind even an idea or think of it like the script of a movie that you never see. It's that unseen print, right? The occulted scaffolding within any works where the true intention is seated in. So we never know what that is. And that's why it's dangerous to participate in certain things that, and everyone just does it. Why? Because of tradition, it just gets passed on. Everyone does it. And here we are. Well, some of the, Origins for Christmas could have been Saturnalia, where it could have been this sort of Saturn worshiping weird ritual that they used to do back then where they would elect the pseudo king. And then at the end of it, they would, you know, everyone it was like like the purge. Everyone would do whatever they want. The, the slaves would be free for a day or for a week or for however long. 
And then at the end of this ritual, they would sacrifice the pseudo king in a sort of king kill 33 type ritual. Then they use that energy and they transmute it to something else. So, and, and there's also the Sol Invictus celebrations that they used to do as well. That's related to Mithras. And again, the, the, you can see where it started off with paganism. And Christmas is an interesting one because there's a lot of lure regarding this St. Nicholas, which was a real person. Right, you have this this real guy who is allegedly the reason that his colors are red and white is because of Coca Cola. Again, another sort of egregoric collective thought form company. All these companies that are huge, they take on these personas. And, and let's not forget the definition, the actual etymology of the word corporation. Right, you have corp, which is body, corpse. And the actual definition of a corporation is an artificially created person by a group of people. And that's what a corporation is. And there are a lot of hidden things even within our language. That's why the, the, the etymology of grammar is grimoire. Because grimoires were grammatically laid out, you know, st structures of how to do magic. You know, grammar, they were using grammar to piece together these magical rituals in some sort of way. And I've made so many connections when it comes to the, you have St. Nicholas, you have the Rupus Negra, which is a black rock in the North Pole that is 33 miles wide, this magnetic rock. We know that, that Santa Claus comes from the North Pole. And I don't know, you need to watch this, this newest movie, bro. The Leave the World Behind where they use check this out dude everyone's freaking out about this i don't know how to share my screen let me share my screen i think maybe right here there you go it says share but i don't know if that's can you see that screen. oh you got it oh oh let me uh it hasn't loaded yet but i see oh yep i see it so we have this movie and check out the subliminal programming everyone's freaking out about this obey nasa now we know space is fake and gay. You can't go to the North Pole because right, you can't go there. You can't go to the South Pole because it's protected, all this other stuff. And it's like, what are they trying to occult from, from everyone? Right? There's there's arguably something that they're saying that they're trying to hide. But then we have this Saint Nicholas guy who supposedly lives there, right? This whole lure of when you tell a kid, hey, you know, Santa's in the North Pole with his little homunculi that are helping him. And and honestly, if you really think of like the elves, they kind of fit that lore of the homunculus. And in my opinion, bro, in my opinion, I think St. Nicholas was some sort of alchemist, was some sort of alchemical sure. person. Good. And they also like a lot of people, uh, you know, believe that it's, it has to do with mushrooms. I know you've heard of that. Just same thing like with the burning bush and uh, with Moses that maybe possibly psychedelics could have been involved, which is could be. But it doesn't mean that they still weren't practicing these rituals. And I think that people have to remember that the rituals you're talking about, they're rebranded. Right. Like it, it 
each time society changes, we have to rebrand it so people can digest it. And that's how we get sucked into, oh, no, man, this has always been my grandpa's 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 grandpa. We celebrate it like this. Now you can only go back usually four generations, maybe five of where, like, you know, word of mouth. There is a fall. Farther, but I'm saying usually society cuts it off. You know what I mean? You, you have like tribes and stuff that have been forever, but for the most part in modern society, it's like four or five generations and it cuts off. So if it started the rebranding of like, oh, you know, he's this jolly guy that just gives presents to people and he loves the kids, which is kind of weird in an, another sense. If we look at like everything that always goes on about like uh, we're hearing about all the human trafficking. I mean, you could also, if you don't consider elves a uh, homunculus, they could all be con- Considered kids, right? They could be considered traffic children that he's been snatching instead of giving them presents. He was snatching them up. I mean, I think that we get <laughs> lost, like you said, like in uh, the lure of stuff, and we just believe everything that we hear. Yeah, no, and that's the darker aspect because a lot of these stories that Disney took, and right, we have Cinderella, we have all these different stories. A lot of them had darker connotations from these Germanic, right, folkloric type of thing. A lot of elementals and all these different concepts and the yeah i've heard of santa claus being the amanita muscaria the idea of right so the colors red and white correspond with the amanita muscaria and the amanita muscaria is a psychedelic sort of mushroom and the lore goes that you know the 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 tradition of hanging up your stocking that's red and white on the mantle is how they would set out these mushrooms to dry sort of thing. You have the lure that he would feed it to the caribou or the reindeer or whatever, and then the, they would trip out and then they would pee, and when they would pee, that he would they would take that and they would either drink it. There's like sh- shamanic traditions or something or other. So essentially that Santa Claus was this sort of psychedelic egregore, I guess. I'm not 100% sure, but... Then you have the other interpretations, right? So the North Pole is a, is a really interesting one because they say that, right, Satan, the devil, comes from the North. You have the whole lore of, like, Game of Thrones, right? They're coming from the North, right? The North, right? Winter is coming, all this mm-hmm. sort of lore where it's the been wall. painted. Yeah, the wall. They had this whole thing. And then, you know, Santa Claus, Center Claus, Center Claus type of thing. So you have this. And this gets into the realm of, like, solar polar worship which that's mario from symbolic studies he really goes in on that and the whole idea of even in the book of enoch chapter 3 verse 33 they talk about going to the north right and ascending uh from the north so uh, that whole sort of thing you have the draco constellation near the north as well and you have right what a what a lot of different occultic groups the swastika which is a very ancient symbol which is indicative essentially of this north pole the the ursa major which is right the polar bear sort of thing where you have the bear and there's a lot pointing towards the north pole a lot of people say i've never seen the or the aurora borealis i think it's what it's called but a lot of people say that it smells like sulfur in those areas now some people say it's because of the geothermic activity in the area but i've seen a lot of different ufo and alien encounters which some people attribute to demons and that sulfur smell right with sulfur being attributed to hell Mm. 
So they said the North Pole smells like sulfur. So like, what's going on? Like, is there is there a hole or something? Like Admiral Byrd was talking about at the North Pole that they don't want us to see. And so, the reason I think that this Saint Nicholas of Myra guy was a sort of this alchemical, I guess, alchemical adept is because he was around that time where alchemy, so the third century, alchemy really sprouted from the first to third century. And what was going on during that time was you hear stories about people taking pilgrimages to different areas. They say that's where Jesus was in his missing years. He took, he traveled around and learned all the, the secret mysteries from all the secret mystery schools. And the St. Nicholas Amira guy took a pilgrimage to allegedly Egypt and some other places. And again, the land of Chem was Egypt. The land of Alchemy was Egypt, right? So this guy, one of the earliest stories about St. Nicholas of Myra was that, so I'm going to read this here. In one of the earliest attested and most famous incidents related to this guy, right? You you mentioned the child, the child aspect of this whole thing, which is, Kind of weird, right? And most famous incidents from his life, he is said to have rescued three girls from being forced into prostitution by dropping a sack of gold coins through the window of their house each night for three nights so their father could pay a dowry for each of them. What's interesting about that is alchemy involves what? The creation of gold. So he was dropping gold coins. And not only that, but each night for three nights, well, we know the three is very indicative, right? The three days of resurrection, three days in the underworld. Like all these threes, he's dropping gold coins. Maybe perhaps he learned to transmute these gold coins and he's rescuing these girls from being forced into prostitute. But I never understood that story because it says that. And it's like, wait, did he pay for somebody else to be involved with them, right? Like the father paid somebody. It's like, it's better if it's somebody that you know type of thing, which is which is kind of weird. But there's other stories about him calming like, like the mob. You know how like the mob goes to like, you know how like the mob will go to a liquor store and be like, hey man, you know, you need some protection, right? And then be like, no, I don't need no protection. And then they go bash up the whole store and they're like, yeah, look, you need protection, man. Like it could, could be an angle that way, you know? Like, yeah. hey, I'll be her pimp. I'll take care of her. <laughs> And yeah, I'm not, this is just thinking outside the box for, for any of those wondering, this is from research that I've done because remember what we're presented with in the mainstream is going to be tainted. It's going to be what the exoteric. Sometimes you have to read between the lines with this esoteric stuff to be able to really understand what's going on. And so we got St. Nicholas of Myra traditionally from the 15th of March. 270 to December 6, 343. He's also known as Nicholas of Bari, who was an early Christian bishop of Greek descent from the maritime city of Myra in Asia Minor. Now, it was just during the time of the Roman Empire. Because of the many miracles attributed to his intercession, he is also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. So we have this magical adept, right? Saint 
old Saint Nick. He can get into people's house. We have all these movies of him like shrinking down the chimney and this whole the the endless mm-hmm. bag of of tricks where he's like reaching into his bag. It's endless. So we, we have this really weird that we don't really think about because as a grown person, how many times are you thinking about the lure of Satan? When you were a kid, you didn't think about it because you believed he was real. When you're an adult, you're like, all right, well, that's fake. He might just be made up. And when you really start to look, you go, wait a minute. He's the patron, the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students. Okay? So, and then he, his reputation evolved among the pious and was as was common for early Christian saints and his legendary habit of secret gift giving gave rise to the traditional model of Santa Claus. So because of this idea that he was giving a lot of gifts, he was a wonder worker, which is weird. And again, mind you of when this was around the time this was, where we have all these secret mystery schools, we have alchemy, we have all these people around that same area. So who knows that they were participating in these initiations into the mysteries and now use your imagination they say that a lot of these mysteries involved the use of psychedelics that's the whole thing about these mystery schools that we don't know what they were and that's why they're mysteries <laughs> you know so we don't know what they were teaching yeah. these people but it gets very gnostic in nature it gets very hermetic in nature because this again was around the time first century to third century all these guys were into hermeticism and and gnosticism an alchemy, which when I'm looking at something, bro, that's the first thing I go to because I'm the, homo- the homunculus guy. And let's 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 link that up, right? So we talked about the alchemical aspect. Well, in alchemy, you can create homunculus. So what's to say, old Saint Nick here wasn't up in his alchemical cave in the North Pole, right? His his interdimensional cave somewhere, cranking out these homunculi and like, hey, they're my little helpers. Let's do you know, let's put them to work. And they're building all these toys. So just when you really look at it in the bigger picture, you go, damn, this is lining up like way too good. And it gets better, bro, because so we have this whole thing here of him saving these girls. He's calming storms. He saved three innocent soldiers from wrongful execution, right? Back again to that three symbolism. He uh, allegedly chopped down a tree possessed by a demon, which is weird. And then, and and this is the part that I was saying. In his youth, in his youth, he is said to have made a pilgrimage to Egypt and Palestine. Okay, and shortly after his return, he became. It specifically says Palestine, Egypt, and Palestine, bro. So interesting. Yeah, interesting. And after he came back, he became the bishop of Myra, and then he was later cast into prison during the persecution of Diocletian. A Diocletian, and, but was released after the uh, session of Constantine. Now, what's interesting about this guy, bro, guess guess where he was in the year 325, out of all the places he could have been, bro, out of all the places. He was on the... Jerusalem? In the, on the early list and an, uh, uh, for an attendee at the first Council of Nicaea in 325. What happened at the Council of Nicaea? They were deciding the canon of the Bible during the Council of Nicaea. And here's this mythical alchemical guy there, right? 
So he was there, but he is never mentioned in any writings by people who were at the council. Hmm. Late unsubstantiated legends claim that he was temporarily defrocked and imprisoned during the council for slapping the heretic Arius. So they're like, all right, well, he kind of maybe might have been there, but no, no one really said he was there. Oh, he was. He might have been locked up by slapping this dude, right? And another famous legend: he resurrected three children who had been murdered and picked and pickled in brine by a butcher planning to sell them as pork during a famine. Interesting. This dude's resurrecting people, and it's always in threes, right? What are we? And then you have the and they use him as, and they use him as, you know, because Christmas is also you know Jesus Christ his birthday, right? Like that's supposed to be like in the church we we celebrate the resurrection. It's almost like they're making another character to compete with that to push your mind away from either God or maybe not necessarily that, but like obviously they're trying to replace and make their own new narrative of it and then i was thinking too when you were talking earlier you were talking about like some of the lure but think about the wish list right he he gives us what we want and we we think it we manifest it right we're like well i want to like as a kid like the old i want to train a fire truck like right they're manifesting i want this uh playstation 5 or whatever it is and they're focused on it they write it down they they write a whole letter when i know that in the whole cultic scene like writing stuff down is so important right like to like manifest something you want to write it out and then read it and burn it or whatever you know what i mean like well that's that witch stuff you know (laughs) absolutely bro absolutely no you're you're absolutely right and this gets better because so we have this guy who is magical is doing all these things resurrecting people giving gold to people well he was a saint, right? He was a saint in the church. Now you got to understand that a lot of these people who are part of the, uh, of the church, they, a lot of saints, a lot of, a lot of saints, really the, the, the iconography comes from paganistic gods from paganism. And, and the reason when, when they were trying to convert people and they were trying to, Christianize them or, or whatever, they would take their gods essentially and make them into a saint. Therefore, like, oh, look, now your God is a saint here in our church. So therefore come, come because he's part of our pantheon now. And that's why you see a lot of paganistic iconography in all of these old cathedrals. And some of it's even been taken down. And St. Nick is also a what they've referred to as a Christianized Poseidon because he's a, a patron saint of the oceans, which is a weird connection. You don't really make the connection of of St. Nicholas of Santa Claus with the ocean. But here he is calming storms at, all. at all. And here he is calming storms with a with a weird right sort of magical lure and. So they have relics of this guy. They have pieces of his body, bro. They have pieces of his body around the world. And one of the interesting parts of this whole thing was, dude, that every year they have this sort of, I'm trying to look for it here. They have this sort of reunion. And let me see. It's every year on the 6th of December, the Saints feast day. 
And check this out, bro. <laughs> you ever wondered why we leave out cookies and milk for Santa Claus or for Center Klaus or for let's name him something else. Let's name him like Alchem. Yeah. Let's say he's got it. Like we're gonna have to come up with a new name for this guy, right? So I've always wondered why they give maybe like Santa Schwab. And <laughs> in, in Schwab we trust, right? So. I always wonder why we give <laughs> cookies and milk to to Santa Claus as a, as a kid. Everyone's excited to leave cookies, to leave this offering to this metaphysical, alchemical, magical adept who is able to do magic and everything and conjure things up. But yet he likes cookies and milk. Right? He, le- he loves it. Almost like a sort of pseudo Eucharist, if you really think about it. Here's the offering I'm leaving you. Here's cookies and milk but it gets better bro because in his sarcophagus where they say some of his bones are there is this white milky substance that collects in his sarcophagus every year that they call the manna of saint nick or the myrrh of saint nick and it is collected every year and sold bro because allegedly it is magical it heals people and you can literally look it up on their website you can buy these little vials essentially these little things full of old saint nick juice bro so they're taking (laughs) the juice (laughs) oh man (laughs) they're taking old saint nick's juice all right the juices that have been marinating for at least it's been a long time all right from the year three or he died from 343 this dude's been marinating dog they've been milking this guy for the 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 old saint nick juice right that old saint nick drank and they people (laughs) use it to essentially bro to heal themselves and when i'm thinking of that dude i'm thinking about it right i'm thinking about it i go what does that sound like? How you you excreted you excrete a juice that heals people. That's the elixir of life, bro. That's all chemical right there. That's the elixir of immortality. Okay? That's that's alchemy who and the fact that it's attributed to him, but the mana of Saint Nick. I mean, would you take a shot of it, bro, if, if right, the this juice that is in his sarcophagus now. So what is it like? Uh, uh, Austin Powers' mojo, like that, like you know what I mean? that weird gooey liquid, but it's white. So me, when you said about the cookies and milk, that's like the 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 Eucharist, right? Like bread and wine. Yeah, that's what I related to, bro. Saint Nick, man. Let's look it up here to see how much you can get. The so if you go to the SaintNicholasCenter.org. You can see a picture of this mana, and let me see how much they sell for. Hope maybe it's thirty three dollars. Let's share my screen here so people can see. <laughs> <laughs> it might be thirty three. Man, that's it, man. <laughs> thirty three bucks. So here it is, dude. Here's this little vial where it's got a picture of old Saint Nick here, and his juice is gonna be in there. So devotion and use of the mana of Saint Nicholas. Yikes. So it is the so-called manna that the Greeks call Myron and the Russians call Myro. 
a father of the Dominican community, pours his man into a large container of blessed water, making a large quantity. Oh, so they dilute it. Okay. So you don't get the full potential of the St. Nick juice. All right. You get, you get the diluted version to fill small bottles in order to satisfy the requests of sick people and pilgrims. Sometimes the rector gives extremely small bottles of pure mana as relics, but only after official requests of, of the Orthodox or Catholic hierarchy. Yikes. All right. So only the elites get the good stuff. All right. Only the official requests of the Catholic hierarchy will get the good but stuff. I got an idea. I know Christmas is now, and, it, and it's too late to get a Christmas present for her, but Valentine's Day is coming up. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're looking for that gift. <laughs> I got another, I got another juice for her, bro. It, it's not coming from St. Nick, though. I'm going to tell you that much right now, bro. All right. The one-on-one juice. <laughs> She's going to get some juice, but it's not going to be from old St. Nick. <laughs> and again, who thinks of this, bro? Who thinks of... Old Saint, they, dude, they were like, yo, let's milk this guy literally for all we can. All right, let's start. It's like, yo, what do you want to do? I don't know, man. You want to go look in his in his tomb to see what we can do, right? Uh, the Vatican has his hip bone. These other people over here have his thigh bone. These other people over here have his, his femur and his wrist. We need something, bro. Let's get that juice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait, what? Yeah, and he just pours it in. <laughs> just gets a nice little scoop of the juice from the from his sarcophagus. I'm trying to find here how much it is. All right, let's see here. I'm trying to get some of this. Yeah, they wouldn't even let you, man. Like I see the PayPal, but that's about it. Saint Nicholas. So, anyways, I'm not making this up. This is this is real. This is history, guys. This is Alice Obscura, do relics. Man, come on. Let me see if I can get a picture of this juice, bro. Oh, man. They only get the bottle, man. Oh, bro, look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Looks like adrenochrome. Let, let's give a toast to our old boy here. Look at that. Mmm. <laughs> so good. Yo, it's that meme where the dude's cooking. He's like, mmm, mmm, mmm. You know what you're not talking about? Mm, mm, mm. It's delicious. Yeah. Well, it's funny because one of my homies, one of my homies that passed away, but his he he used to sell weed and stuff, and he would go, "I got new flavors." Mm. Like, just do it all the time. <laughs> Yo, one time I asked for a variety, bro, and and my my dealer was like, "Bro, I got weed. That's it. Don't be asking me about no strains." It's like we got weed. That's it. All right, bro. So. <laughs> There's no name. It's just called W E E D. <laughs> yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that strain. It's the W E E D strain. All right, bro. I can't find the the shopping for this Saint Saint Nick juice. I'm gonna get my hands on some though, and we'll take some shots on air. We'll take some shots live, bro. <laughs> yes, we gotta get that T-shirt made. The, the, the Saint Nick juice. <laughs> <laughs> The Santa Mana, bro. I like that. Like the Santa Mana. There you I go. I like that too. That's that good stuff. Oh, we got to get that uh, uh, Got Milk commercial, you know, with the little mustache. Be like, got Nick Juice. <laughs> like, that's going to kill it right there. But this is how far some people will go, dude. You look like a Drina Chrome, though, man. Listen, we know that the people 
in the church are using this. Okay. And it's supposedly, it smells sweet. It's a sweet smelling liquid. Now, what does it do? I don't know. It says that it heals people and that's very elixir of life-ish. And there's been an explanation. I'll, I'll give the full disclosure. There's been an explanation as to why this juice excretes. Just name this episode St. Nick's Juice, right? The St. Nick Juice. Because <laughs> supposedly, allegedly, there is a capillary or a vein of salt water that is leaking into the tomb. And that's why you get the collection. Again, that's what they say. They've tried to debunk it. But you got people who travel here, dude. And this is how far some people's beliefs will take them. Where they will... They will drink the juice bro of <laughs> whatever is coming you know what i'm saying like there's people who actually believe this sort of stuff but i this is what i love about history where these ideas originate somewhere these ideas came from somewhere and we see this evolution of this allegedly real person i mean we don't know exactly when he was born and let's say let's say that he was a real person and let's say that maybe his the stories surrounding him have been over embellished, right? Because essentially that, that's what culture is. That's what reality itself is. You're taking things from things evolve from the past to the present. So we have this real person who could have been, you know, just a regular guy. Maybe he was a good person gift giving, but then he was giving these more supernatural, like, Oh, he saved three boys. He resurrected this one. He resurrected that one, whatever. And then here are these legends. And from that collective, we have Santa Claus, which is the wildest thing to know that. And essentially what I was talking about earlier, that's the occulted scaffolding. That is what's propping up. That's what came before the idea of Santa Claus was this St. Nicholas guy. Right. And, and it's interesting because you mentioned earlier about the writing and people focusing their intent. Kids love Christmas my my kid loves Christmas. He's five years old. He believes Santa Claus is. And again, some people are gonna be like, "Oh, this is this is MK Ultra for kids. You're abusing." It's like, no, dude, whatever. Forget all that. Like, I don't care about that. Like, let a kid be a freaking kid. Right? When he finds out, he's gonna find out. And is, I'm all right, bro. I'm I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it would be fine, man, too, because the thing is that later on, then they actually appreciate you more because they're like, oh, man, you got me all that stuff. And then you were like able to like not even say it was you. So you were able to give me something and you didn't have to take the credit. So I think they see that later if you raise them right. And and my nephew's like, man, my brother just called me earlier today because I like my nephew's four and my other one's two and he was acting up and he's like, I'm calling Santa. And then I had to do the little voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something I think either is that MK Ultra. If you're spending time with your kids, that's one thing I think too is like movies, all that stuff. Really, what it is is the connection you have with your kids. But people be like, "Oh, you shouldn't tell." Them. Then you don't tell them, bro. And then they'll be at school with no fucking presents by themselves, looking like a fucking Jehovah's Witness. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, again, I just passed the tradition on. It just like you know the kids have fun, but. Again, the, this whole idea of them using this as a sort of manifestation tool, teaching them to use their imaginations, I think is important for kids to use their imagination. I think the imagination is an important aspect of reality itself. And I don't know if you saw this, this article that I saw this week where prisons are banning occult literature a lot. They, they're, they're banning Dungeons and Dragons. 
which is heavy on the imaginal aspect, right? You, you, the, the, the theater of the mind type of thing. They're banning occult literature. They're banning magical literature, like any esoteric or magic literature. They're banning it from these prisons. Almost as They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus. Ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day. Knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart? Available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. It's easy to remember if you just sing along. Chosenone.com. Go visit chosenone.com. The chosen one. Yes, he is the chosen one. He's got his own comic, and now he's got his own song. Cause he's the chosen one. Yes, he is the chosen one. Go buy a copy at chosenone.com. Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com It's easy to remember If you just sing along Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com Some sort of Like do these people believe That these people can manifest A way of getting out By using these texts right? Alchemy and all these different other texts Like why would you ban that Like that, that's just an interesting Thing to think about where well, maybe perhaps the reason the mind... why they would ban it is because they believe it right and you have the one aspect that we don't have nothing but time you have the ability to have 23 to 24 hours a day where you can focus your energy in a way that we can't anymore because there's so much distraction so they have to believe it and i think they've probably seen stuff and that's maybe how things have happened and they've seen crazy things because in those moments you're People in jail are some of the most, like, innovative people. I've always said that, like, that proves to me, like, you could get anything. You see them making tattoo guns, making picture frames out of trash, out of garbage. Making mana. So if they can Saint do Nick that, juice. They're mad. Yeah, they're making Saint That Fifi, man, they got that Fifi going around getting that Saint Nick juice everywhere. But that makes sense now, man. I never, I did not hear about that, but they, they definitely believe it. Like, and what I tell people is, like, manifestation is real, like, the whole occultic thing, like, of what, you know, is it one occultic thing? I don't believe that. I believe there's different factions of everything, right? Mm -hmm. Someone took a story of this. Now, they wanted to make their own church. Then they, you know, rebranded to Jesuits or rebranded into the Roman Catholic Church, rebranded into whatever faith you want to put in there. And they pushed some, a lot of occultic ideas through the religion, uh, like, kind of soak it down. And you don't see it. Like you're saying, they change the character's names because now the character is Santa Claus. And it doesn't have to be just religion, but they 
get these different factions and split it up. But manifestation, like you said, imagination, all those things are important tools that we need. Creativity is huge. And I think that's why there's so much push to kill creativity nowadays and critical thinking because they go hand in hand. If we can't practice our imagination or creating from our mind, then we're stuck to whatever power structure wants us to, you know, this is how you need to live life. Manifestation Mm -hmm. needs to stop being looked at as like a taboo, right? Like it's always like, oh man, you're into that, like uh, that weird stuff, like that that hippie dippy. And it's like, no, man, I'm into like, Yeah. yeah, the new age. I'm here to just build off of what we got. And I think that we need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the imagination is an important aspect because, right, I think it gives birth, no pun intended, to a lot of things. And you're absolutely right. I do believe that they are trying to kill this whole imagination aspect of it. But it kind of does teach kids to write things down. And, and, and an important aspect to the imagine the imaginal reality whatever that is anymore and what you mentioned earlier about right these kids writing these things down well if you if the the concept of taking a fictional thing and intermingling it with a real thing right so we have the real being the saint nick if he was a real guy like the saint nicholas guy taking that and mixing it with this Santa Claus thing. So you, you have an, a real thing in reality and you have a thing based off of the collective imagination of millions of people. That's a powerful effect. And I think that's why it's so big because of that. And there's something to be said about literature and, and my research of literature and, and language. And it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be a cult, but in my research, writing things down is very powerful. That's why we have what I call interdimensional literature, which is these books that resonate throughout all of reality. There is a certain thing about it, but there's a certain string of words. There is a certain string, a certain combination of words that if Sean were to read it would destroy Sean. It would and who knows, it might fizzle you out of existence, but it would have such an effect on you that it would at least break you in some sort of way. If you were to read a certain string, and that goes for everyone, that goes for me, that goes for anyone listening. There is a certain string of words that would quite literally dissolve you out of reality. So take the, uh, uh, and, and, and any right movies that are at the beginning go based on true events always hit different because like, oh, damn. Because you're wondering the entire movie, wait a minute, this is so crazy. Which is the real part? Well, the real part's whichever one you want to believe to be real. <laughs> so if you want to believe the whole thing, then the whole thing is real. And the, and and I think that's what draws people into a lot of these things. Where and that's what draws me into history. That's that's what draws me into alchemy. That's what draws me into a lot of these things that we talk about. Cryptids being one of them. All these conspiracies. Because there's that aspect of like, yo. That's crazy. That's wild. How could that be possible? Was this dude really healing people? Was this dude really resurrecting people? It's like there's always that one possibility. And I today I was listening to this podcast about this lady that she this is really interesting because the a lot of these saints, bro, of early church, 
and I'm trying to think of which one I talked about recently that was in Jock Valley's book. Anyways, there was I've talked about it on my Patreon. People know what I'm talking about. They they go listen to the Jock Valley episode that, that I've done, where he talks about this bishop, I believe it was. Anyways, back then a lot of these saints of these of these churches were having supernatural experiences. They were having a lot of UFO encounters. They were having a lot of things that back then, if you think about it, right? I know space is fake and gay for some people, but let's just suspend disbelief for one second. (laughs) Let's say it's not fake and gay. And let's say that the government's not behind the whole UFO psyop and all that for one second. Let's say that these people were actually having UFO experiences. The interesting part about that was that these experiences were being written down, let's say in Latin or in some other language. And guess who was responsible for record keeping of these instances of these people who were having ufo experiences and they were like oh but i did see the face of jesus christ in the fire when it was coming down and i saw him on a cross and all and i saw you know mary the virgin mary in the fire and all this stuff well the church was in charge of translating and record keeping a lot of these encounters well, this lady, I forgot her name. I have to look her up. I'll look her up here in a second, actually. Let me look her up now so people can go check out what I'm talking about. So this lady was taking the original accounts, untranslated, and she was going ahead and translating and was noticing that the church was omitting or embellishing certain details. So instead of it being, you know, Jesus was on the cross. It's like, no, no, no. It was a ball of fire. And he saw X, Y, Z. And those holes in his hands that he got from the UFO was actually radiation burns. You know what I mean? So it's like, wait a minute. What is going on here? There's some stuff that's being occulted from the mainstream in order to fit in a certain narrative, which would be the church, right? Or... You know, we're not being informed fully. And the, the lady's name is Diana Pasulka, Pasul, Pasulka. And she wrote a she wrote a book, Diana. Let me look up the I was listening to a podcast about I like I like to listen to like cryptid and all that stuff, a different podcast. And the name of the well, it's still in the same realm though. You know what I mean? The cryptids mm-hmm. are even the same realm of the cult. Like, I think that you, you know how you always say, does art imitate life for does life imitate art, right? And then you know how you have this movie, the, what is it? Leave the world behind the one that I, I haven't seen it yet. Everybody's been telling me to see it, but I saw someone have a good uh, little brief about it. Like while I was watching everybody, uh, you know, panic and, and talk a lot about like, oh man, it's crazy, man. Look what Obama and them are doing, blah, blah, blah. He said, Hey man, remember that this is not, what is going to happen this is what could happen right now if you're believing into it so much and you're like there's nothing we could do this is how the world's going to be like you're manifesting it and i think that is why they use a lot of this music and podcasts and entertainment to like mold our brains no absolutely yeah yeah. and and that's part of again this collective that carl Jung called it the collective the collective conscious collective unconscious whatever you want to refer to it as but the fact, the idea that consciousness or whatever mind is can affect reality. And this is interesting because today I was translating some works for 
a friend and it was Gerard Dorn, which is this alchemist who he preserved a lot of Paracelsus' work and Paracelsus, right, being the, the daddy, the homunculus. It was talking about immortality. And the interesting part of it was that he was talking about immortality. So my, this is a book from, I think it was 1650 something. And he's talking about immortality. Now it's coming from an alchemical sense, but it was weird because the reason I know my translation is good is because I had, when you read Paracelsus, you need an entire dictionary to read Paracelsus because he makes up a lot of words. And there's a lot of concepts that Paracelsus coined himself. He coined the whole sylphs and elementals aspect of the 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 no the word gnome. Let me double check. Let me let me make sure I'm not spreading fake news. But the word gnome, I did a whole presentation on this. So gnome was actually coined. So Medieval Latin gnomus used 16th century in a treaty by Paracelsus who gave the name Pygmae gnomi to elemental earth beings. So he actually coined the word gnomes, right? So this dwarf like Paracelsus. He also coined the term sylphs, which is air elementals. So we have here 16th century coined by Paracelsus, air spirit, originally referring to any race of spirits inhabiting the air. So he, he coined a lot of words into existence no no pun intended he birthed a lot of words into existence and so i'm looking up some of the words that are coming up in this translation that's from latin to english and as i'm looking it up i'm having stuff pinging off of carl jung because gerard dorn is one of the most cited alchemists of carl jung and what i'm translating carl jung was writing about so some of the stuff that I was translating to use for my work, Carl Jung was actually had already translated it. Or he obviously had to look for it. And he was writing about the stuff within the writing. So I was able to get some context as to what was being said because I was reading. I was like, what in the world? But essentially, he was talking about how if you're able to overcome your mental faculties in some sort of way from exterior sources and use your imagination what those exterior sources can be. I mean, demonic or metaphysical or whatever, and right. These things that are always bombarding us. If you're able to somehow be able to separate yourself from that, you will be able to achieve the true and more you you will be able to leave your body behind again, some very cryptic alchemical sort of thing. But it was interesting that I was able to find some explanation from Carl Jung himself in his book, The Alchemical Studies, about what I was already translating. I had no idea that he had translated that. I did know that he was very big into Dorn. But that's how I knew my stuff was good because it popped up already. Like you could literally look it up and, and read it for yourself. So a lot of well, the words that he was breaking down. One thing was I like to... about like, yeah. like what you do and like, uh, I mean, there's other people just besides you, but. The thing that I like again, we've talked earlier, we talked off air, you know, we've talked a lot of times. You know, there's people that had stick to a story, right? Like, hey, the, I saw this encounter and it has to be the same exact they they leave no new ideas can enter that story, right? It has to be like it has to be an alien or it has to be a demon or whatever it may be. And we're more open to it. But the thing is, like, cause a lot of people say or homunculus, you never know. It could be a homunk a homunk monk. 
You know what I mean? You never know. But what you see is in a lot of these other people from the outside, they look at something at, you know, someone wild like uh, uh, a David Icke or, or someone like that uh, that says a certain narrative and will not change their mind. They they label all of us that way. And they're the thing that I find stupid to a lot of people and that they're not really searching and trying to find truth on the opposite side when they call people conspiracy theorists. I'm like, well, Juan just laid it out to you. This is he didn't make this up out of his mind. He's showing you text. He's he's deciphering something that was written years ago, right? Like years, 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 years and years ago. And then other people translated. And you're at the same time not saying like, hey, take it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't I can tell you what I think it means, but I don't know. I can only I can't get inside their mind. And I think that's a big problem we're having right now of bridging this gap. Like why one side they know like oh yeah the government's corrupt but these crazy people think about aliens or they think that there could possibly be a flat earth or that there is a possibility of anything mm -hmm. but when somebody is just speculating and somebody's actually showing you hard evidence i think that's when i start getting upset with people and me and chaz of the dead he was on an episode recently and we were talking about because he ghost hunt and, and you know he's like yeah you know anybody that doesn't believe in ghosts will never see a ghost Anybody that doesn't believe in aliens has never seen an alien. So are we manifesting these things? Are we creating them in their mind? Or are they there and that we open up a thing in our mind that makes us see it? These are the things that we need to discuss. And I think that that's important to point out because I've talked to a lot of different people and some on the other side that think everything's a conspiracy or, mm -hmm. oh, you guys got it. Oh, the hidden history. And I'm like, but it's there. Well, why did they write it out? Question everything. Why did they say Nick's juice. <laughs> well, that's the thing I was going to say. There's people out here drinking the juice of St. Nick because they believe, right? <laughs> so think about it. They believe that it's going to heal them. Therefore, it heals them. That's the placebo effect, bro. That's the mind at work. So this whole thing that we've been talking about is the mind is much more powerful. And again, I don't have it figured out, bro. It's like you said, I am here. I'm reading stuff. That's a, I'm reading stuff and I'm processing it and then I make a presentation and I show people, hey, this is what I read. This is what I think about it. Now, what do you think? Like, do you think it's real? Do you, like, whatever, right? And, and and for those that want to talk about it, I did set up a phone a phone line, but I'm gonna plug it here real quick so you can call me and leave me a voicemail. It's four zero seven four seven six four six zero six. It's four zero seven four seven six. Four six zero six. If you want to call me and and tell me nice things or not, whatever you can get call your homunculus now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude. I mean, that, that, that's the whole aspect of all of these things that we're gonna be able to. Re like my son asked me the other day, this is how think how kids think, right? That they're always they're always looking at things from a different perspective. And he asked me, he asked me because usually, right the father figure you're always fixing stuff for them you're always you kind of sort of know everything like when they have a question you're able to answer it as best as you can and he asked he goes daddy do you know everything and i looked at him and i go no no i don't i don't know everything i, I told him i said there's no way you could know everything he goes well why not <laughs> and I thought to myself, I go, can you imagine knowing everything in the entire world, bro? Can you imagine how, what would that be like to be, to understand and grasp all cosmologies, 
all ideas, everything ever. That'd be wild. I mean, that's, that's God, essentially, right? That's like the, the uh, ultimate level of existence where yeah. then, then what? You're able to see behind reality and able to manipulate it in some sort of way? Like, what happens then? It's like those movies where they... I'm sure there's a lot of these movies where they get too smart and they start to gain powers. Like that, that movie with the, with the blue pills where the guy would get smarter. I forgot. What was the name of that? Was it imminent? Right. It was imminent. Wasn't it? No limitless. Oh, limitless. Limitless. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one Yeah, where he would take the blue pill and then they, they were able to synthesize it later on. And he was able to like tell the future, some crazy thing. It's a wild movie, bro. Oh, maybe you're thinking of a different one. Limitless is no, the one limitless. I'm thinking of where he gets, uh, yeah, you know, he's, like, super good at business now, and, like, he's, like, changed his whole life, and then, like, he starts the, the drugs weaning off. He doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, this one. Limitless. Yep. That's the one. That's a classic, and, it, and it, it's really true to an extent because, again, these things are being in production. Whether they work the way that they're – we're told they work, just like AI. A lot of people are scared of AI all the time. I look at it as a tool, man. It's a tool that I can use. When I heard everybody on AI like, hey, man, you need to stop. Uh, they need to put regulations. They need to stop it. Why? Because they don't want us to have it because we're getting good at it. And that is the whole point is they want regulations so people like me and you can't use it because then we're going to use it for different reasons. They're going to be able to use it where they go, hey, AI knows everything. And then you have that fake false God narrative of, hey, this being or this structure of like because it's a computer it's not really a being but people will believe it's alive if you think it's alive it, it's not that it's all knowing it just has a bunch of information that people have put into it yeah but it makes people believe like oh my god did you see that it wrote me a, a whole screenplay about blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> yeah but you initiated it. it didn't create it itself but i fear if AI takes over, it will be because human nature, same thing that with like Santa, it's something that's passed along that like, Hey man, this is all knowing man. So you got to like, listen to it. Yeah. And I want to actually talk about, so right. We have this metaphysical alchemical guy, St. Nick, who is connected to Christmas and he lives where in the North pole. Well, the, the North pole, I wanted to pull up some of the pictures here of, the space force logos bro so talking about right hidden in plain sight sort of thing i wanted to flip through some of these logos of the space force because how i mentioned at the beginning there's that new movie that came out obey nasa everyone's freaking out about the whole predictive programming and all that stuff and so i wanted to show you some of these logos of space force that are in my opinion very occultic and there's something to be said about the North, something very enigmatic. You have the UN flag where their logo is looking up from the top down. And people say, oh, that's evidence of flatter. That's evidence that they know. That's And from what I've learned is if there's, if there's any mystery to anything, if there's any mystery to right, the mysteries, in my opinion, from doing my research, it's got to do with the aspect of light. And that's why you have groups like the Illuminati, the Rosicrucians, and all these different groups that light plays a big role. So we have an eye here. I was speaking of light. We have the North Pole here. Again, very, very occultic. Got the lightning bolts. 
You have this weird thing with the dragon, an eagle, a shark, and again, it's pointing up. And what's interesting about that is nine stars. Yeah, nine stars. So it's Ursa Major, and I, I, I believe that's the the Little Dipper somewhere. Anyways, you, you see the Dipper here, but they're pointing at that. And what's interesting here's the freaking Hydra. We have Godzilla coming out uh, here. The, I'm trying to see minus one, but I can't find it online. But we have this. This is one of my favorites. We have the Pharaoh looking up, pointing up. Now, what's interesting about that is that I've always wondered, bro, if the directions of the cardinal directions are actually the directions that we've been taught, that we've been shown. Because if you look at a Masonic tracing board, the directions are different and the directions are. So the one that I always use is this one. East is up. East is point right. You have Jacob's ladder. East is up. This is yeah. east. And north is over here. West is down. South is that way. So even these secret organizations, these occultic groups, they use something else. And again, I'm not a Mason, so I don't know what this means. It can mean something completely different, and I'm interpreting it wrong because, again, I'm not initiated, nor do I care to be initiated. But I find it interesting that a lot of these groups invert the directions. Now, why would that be? Because, again, they're pointing somewhere. And so we talked about the Rupus nigger at the North Pole, this magnetic black rock that was Gerardus Mercator, which was one of the greatest cartographers, was writing to John D about, bro. And he wrote to John D about this black rock at the North Pole that was magnetic in nature. It was he, he talked to how it was smooth and how... There was a race of pygmies on the... So right here we have the word pygmy, ha- habitant. So we have habitated by pygmies. This is Latin. But we have uh, this whole lore. He wrote a whole letter to John D about this black rock with these little pygmies and little creatures at the North Pole. And what's interesting about that is that Carl Jung wrote about how... There is a hidden God, bro, that lives in the North Pole, right? That comes out with the use of magnetism, which was really interesting to me because magnetism is one of those things where you, it's like unseen forces sort of thing. And I've read the craziest books, bro. And there's this one book in particular that really changed Right, so there's always right. So you have here this pointing to the north, and it's always they always have the key. They have the key. Well, where the hell do they have? What's the key for? What are you unlocking? You know what I'm saying? Like they talk about how the north there's a gate there, you know, and and God manifests Himself as this gate. Well, do they have the key? Do they know what the key is? Right, because at the core of all these mysteries, it's all about light. In my opinion, it's about the manipulation of light. From, from everything that I've learned, bro. And again, I don't have it all figured out, but there's something about the manipulation of light. Here's the eye with the wings, right? Poured an opening here. Just very weird. And dude, honestly, when I first encountered this, I thought a lot of these logos, I thought they were memes, bro. I thought they were fake. I, I did not think that they were yeah. real. Because I was like, what in the, first of all, Space Force for what? Hey, what do we have a space force for? Okay, maybe more money laundering. But like, what are they hiding? 
what are they trying to protect us from anyways but look at this weird symbolism and again, and again it's very sexual in nature as well it's very phallic-y you have the idea of right i believe that the launching of rockets is a sort of occultic ritual and the reason i think of that i think it's right if you if you look at elon musk with the artemis and if you know who artemis is and the whole right they're shooting essentially they're shooting dicks into space right so they're penetrating the firmament or whatever it is they're trying to and it's very we're sexual it's, it's a it's a show yeah they're space dicks right it's a, it's a whole show it's a it's a ritual that everyone focuses in on and and they they pull everyone in right so we have this hidden god that is activated through magnetism that it lives in the north pole now what's interesting about that is that there's this one particular book which is about it's a story a fictional story about Rene Descartes projecting his consciousness into outer space and from my, from all my studies into the occult outer space is another I believe it's another realm that you're able to access and I believe that there are entities that live in this realm that occultists are able to interact with now again, that's a whole other thing but I think that's why space is a thing and in this book where it's talking about Rene Descartes figuring out one of the greatest discoveries of all time, which Rene Descartes died very briefly. And, and, the, and the mainstream story is that he was giving private lessons to Christina of Sweden. This woman who was very smart, was very into the occult, was very into alchemy. And she wanted to be taught by Rene Descartes. She was she was rich, so she, yo, let's get the greatest philosopher of all time, one, one of the one of the goats. Especially for that time, he was a rock star, and I want private lessons with him. I want him to live on my property, and every day at five in the morning, I want him to show up and give me lessons. Well, there's one problem with that. Rene Descartes loved to sleep, right? If you read all his biographies and everything, and he hated waking up early, right? And essentially, by him having to adjust his schedule to waking up early every day, he got contracted pneumonia and he was over blood. They tried to bleed it out of him. He was over blood and, and he passed away. That's the mainstream story. Well, in this story, essentially, when Descartes would project his consciousness outward, a little watcher would enter his body. This little black homunculus would enter his body and watch over it and, and do all the basic essentials for him taking care of his body while he was out in the astral realm doing going into other worlds and learning from other philosophers that were able to achieve immortality and able to project their consciousness outer outwards and and this book is going on and on bro this book is from 1690 or, or, or 1590 one of those crazy dates and he's going on and on he's revealing all these secrets and all these crazy things which i think that we stumbled across a grimoire and i we have the only video on it on youtube it's called a voyage to the world of cartesius and reading reading about all this stuff and the dude's talking a whole bunch of stuff craziness how to create galaxies and, and other dimensions and other worlds and physics and all that stuff and there's one line bro that stands out to me in the whole book all these pages as i'm reading this i'm already having my mind blown but he goes and he says in this book he goes there is one thing out of all the things I've revealed to you. And again, I'm paraphrasing. 
there is one thing I can't reveal to you the secrets of that I can't reveal to you that would quite literally drive you insane. And that's the secrets of magnetism. And when I read that, I go, what in the world? Mm. You're telling me all this craziness about making this snuff out of these Chinese psychedelic herbs that project your consciousness outwards and Rene Descartes was actually outside of his body and his little homunculus didn't let him back in. That That's why he was bled to death because he couldn't come back in because he wasn't conscious. All this stuff and how he creates worlds and how all these great philosophers are still alive and this crazy Chinese alchemist riding on a dragon through space. But yet the craziest thing you can't tell me about is magnetism and how... Right, all compasses point where? They point to the north. We got Young talking about one of the guys who understands consciousness and the reality of it. Right, if if you want to believe him, because he, in my opinion, he yeah. went insane. Talking about this hidden god that's able to be activated. Well, it makes you think of where is one of the largest arrays of magnets in the world? Just take a wild guess, bro. I mean, this is the the pinnacle of conspiracy, and. Mind the you, the me- well, the 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 at CERN, bro, has the one of the largest arrays of magnets oh, yeah. in the in the entire yeah. world, and that's and and not only that, but the magnet I've read in grimoires, it is the stone of choice for magicians, bro. The magnet is the mm-hmm. stone of choice for magicians. So, with all that said, bro, I still don't understand anything that I've talked about. <laughs> Because it's that crazy, <laughs> but it's my but gut you said feeling. Magnets, right? And you said you said the compass, and you were showing uh, the uh, the space force. And when you before you even said it, I was looking at it, and I was like, "Well, that's obviously an arrow. It looks like a cursor that you see on the computer. It looks like the arrow that you see in a compass." And when you're talking about magnets, like that's why, like you know how they say we have the magnetic. Uh, polar forces in like north and south pole that like that's how we stay out of access so that's a crazy like because all those patches you've seen that's what's weird is that those are all their patches and someone designed that yeah like someone went through the time to be like yeah we need the big dipper here and we need the 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 north star here so put a dick on it yeah yeah oh can you get two dicks on there (laughs) was it this definitely is game of thrones (laughs) yeah bro 100 percent I mean, if you think of the Christmas tree and what that say again, it's very phallic. Mm-hmm. It's very sick, right? You have the North Star, right at the tip of the the, the golden dawn, right? The the, the the whole tip of the spear type of thing. And it's just very interesting to think about, and that's why I tell people I do the research. I try and connect dots myself to see where I'm at, but there's there's plenty to still be deciphered, bro. And that's the problem with and not only this, but if you think about it, sometimes they put this stuff out there and they might they might be trolling, right? They could be trolling 100%. And a lot of the a lot of alchemists on purpose and a lot of occultists will plant stuff to throw you. They'll give you information that you perceive as beneficial and like you think you figure it out. But there was something behind that that was trying to be kept secret and you you know what I'm saying so there's like there's going to be stuff that's put in in place to deter you and to make it seem like you're gaining and understanding the mysteries. But again, who is thinking about who old St. Nick was and thinking about where the origins of Santa Claus came from. Not a lot of people are into this sort of stuff, bro. 
So they're going to continue to pass these traditions on. They're going to continue to, which is fine too. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just want to chill. Sometimes I just want to watch a movie without having to decipher the secret Illuminati symbolism that's being fed to me subconsciously. <laughs> like even, but bro, even my wife was like, we were watching the movie together, the, the Leave the World Behind. And ex- <laughs> right at the beginning, executive producers, Michelle and Barack Obama. And then the we- the movie got super weird. I was just chilling, bro. I was like, yeah, they're they're programming some stuff in there. My even my wife, she was act she was reacting more than I was. She's like, wait, why would they make such a weird movie? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to watch this movie. <laughs> I'm not trying to decipher it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to watch. She's like, well, why would it be that? What do you think is going? On? I'm like, we got. I guess we got to watch something else to figure out what they were talking about. I mean, go read their description of the thing that they were referring to to see if there's something else there. Like, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to chill. And she's trying to do like this whole deciphering a cult. And I'm just like, that gets so tiring sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you got to just chill. I tell people that all the time. Well, see, what I do is because people even talk about like, oh, how can you be into this conspiratorial world? You watch f- sports, you watch movies, you listen to music, look at all this. And I'm like, bro, you're on rookie level, bro. You're on rookie. Like we, once you kind of like, you know that there's these things, you're aware of it. And, and it's the same thing trap that people get into when like, say they go, oh, I believe in, uh, occultism, but they have a certain fat part that they're like, this is absolutely true. Everything's Aleister Crowley. Everything's Aleister Crowley. I'm not saying that he didn't play a big part, but if you only focus on one part and you don't have the mindset of being able to decipher more and critically thinking, like you said, of course they're going to put stuff out there for you to believe that there's partial truth in it. That's up to you to decipher. These guys were and super intelligent man like most of the people that are really into the cult they they love like puzzles and mm-hmm. and it seems like riddles they want you to decipher it because it took them a long time to create it so they want you to have even longer to figure out what they've said it's it's a game to them you know what i mean even though if they're not around or they are around spiritually but i'm with you like a lot of people too like i'll be watching movies and they're like oh and i'm like man yeah man you government's corrupt man you know what <laughs> <laughs> yep yep yeah they're they're doing something like, huh? so yeah, dude, I, I think that I'm not any closer to figuring anything out. You know, I've, I've read a whole bunch of stuff and I've deciphered. I, I think I've deciphered some stuff, but who's, who's there to confirm it, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, it's, it's being aware of it. Like, right. Hey man, there's crazy stuff that could be out there. Like we've said a lot, a lot of times, maybe maybe it's not true. Maybe none of this is real. But there's people that believe it's real. 100%. And if people enough believe, people believe that it's real, it will come true. Yeah. And that's why I really live by the thing of like, man, I love my family. I, I enjoy my life. I do whatever I want, and I'm gonna be happy because I feel the only way you can fight back, the true way of fighting back, not just oh hey, here's the truth. This is stuff we like to do. Stuff we like to talk about. Things we. It's interesting to us. But the real way to fight back is live a happy life. If you make your existence and manifest something that's great, they cannot destroy it because energy can't be destroyed. So you have to create that positive energy. Now, it's difficult in some of the times or when you get soaked around too many people that are like, oh, man, the world sucks or this. You got to push away from that and, and it doesn't mean that they're bad people just sometimes you got to get away from it because they're too sucked in until they can get unsucked because that's if you notice the world's getting worse when they get enough people to believe that the world sucks mm-hmm. yeah that, that's why you got to keep sipping on that on that saint nick juice bro you got enough people sipping on that 
Saint Nick juice, and it'll be it'll all get better in time, dude. That's that's why we gotta gotta get that shirt made. Whole Saint Nick's juice, all right? Saint Nick's lean, you know what I'm saying? Lean <laughs> with it, rock with it. <laughs> but this was a fire episode, man. Killed it as usual. Before we get out of here. Can you let everybody know again where they can find you, all your links, which will be below in the description? Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. These are things that you can hear about on my show and some. It's going to be from a different perspective. I talk about alchemy, the occult, magic, all that stuff. Sometimes I get into the paranormal and cryptids. You can find me at tjojp.com. has all my links at the one-on-one podcast on Pretty much all social media platforms. I'm on YouTube and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I'm there. Check me out. Sean, we got to do an episode on my show soon. Thanks for having me on, bro. This is fun. Always, man. And you know where you can find me, killthemockingbirds.com, or go to any podcast platform, Kill the Mockingbirds. Leave a five-star review. Don't worry. At the end, you'll hear all the five-star reviews that I have been lacking on because now I'm picking back up the pace because, you know, I'm leaving my job because everybody has to feel like this right now. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work. I just ain't trying to go to work. I don't want to go to You know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Man.